Looking at both domestic and global economy, the disruption in the global supply chain has remained a key issue throughout this pandemic. The global supply bottleneck is being blamed for high inflation, lack of crucial goods, slower recovery pace, and even the possibility that this Christmas won't be a happy one as shelves may be empty. That's a pretty grim picture. Today on GMS Focus, we'll examine the significance and the forecasted consequences of the global supply chain bottleneck. For some insight, we're joined by Professor Yang Jin-sok, economics professor at the Catholic University of Korea. Good morning, Professor Yang. Good morning. And thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. The supply chain issue has remained a persistent one throughout the pandemic, from what I understand. It appears that there isn't an immediate solution in sight. Can we start with the basics and try to answer what is the bottleneck of the global supply chain? Okay, well, over the last 50 years or so, manufacturing has moved to what's called just-in-time production. Instead of having large amount of parts, raw material, and intermediate goods, as well as finished goods on hand and inventory, you get the raw material and parts just before it is needed, and the finished goods are delivered to stores just as they are ready to be sold. Mm. And uh, this just-in-time production has made manufacturing really flexible, uh, so you can produce goods that people want relatively very quickly and at low cost, and you don't have to pre-order parts that you may not need, so uh, you don't need large storage costs, and it reduces production of things that uh, consumer may not want. So it's really uh, responsible for a lot of cost savings and price reduction. Mm. Uh, in addition, the uh, production process has become globalized as well. So we've talked about uh, different processes of uh, uh, production with raw materials and intermediate goods. These are now sourced from several different countries and the production process itself uh, may take place in different countries as well uh, and then delivered to consumers all over the world uh, from different countries. Mm. So uh, if there's a shortage of certain intermediate good or a part, or if a certain part of the production process is delayed uh, due to transportation problems or production problems, that's a bottleneck. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if just one part of that production process is affected, uh, the whole production process will slow down and Mm -hmm. production will will be reduced as well. So uh, from what we understand, it is the most cost-effective and efficient way to do things, and that's why the global market depended on it. But in the case of a pandemic, uh, a bottleneck may occur. So what's actually causing this massive supply chain disruptions? Okay, well, there's several uh, reasons which all contribute, uh, but underneath it all is the coronavirus. Mm. Uh, some countries, most uh, mostly advanced countries, well, they're getting vaccinated and distancing is being loosened. Uh, so those countries are becoming more normalized, but other countries are still behind in vaccinations and infection rates are still high. So in those countries, strict distancing is still in place. And when the uh, infection goes up, production slows down. Mm-hmm. Uh, collection of raw materials slow down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where we see some reduction in crucial parts. And then secondly, there's a problem with transportation. Uh, tr- truck delivery is considered a high-risk job. Uh, you go between regions and meet various people. And same thing with warehousing. So uh, those are very vulnerable to uh, coronavirus infections. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then international marine transportation is also considered a high-risk uh, job since you move between many countries. Uh, and 
Uh, during last year, there has been a large reduction of truck drivers and uh, people working in marine transportation mm. and actually number of ships that goes between countries as well. Uh, part of the problem, especially for marine transportation, is that many sailors are not allowed off the ships uh, because they're afraid that they carry coronavirus from other countries. Mm. So some sailors have been uh, in, on the sea for more than a year continuously without replacement personnel, mm. uh, and that reduces efficiency. Uh, and then there's also problems with containers. Containers are these, uh, you've probably seen them uh, in highways. Or, uh, it's basically a uh, metal box. Mm-mm-mm. And uh, you need those things to put uh, goods that you're going to export in because most of the uh, trade is taking place through uh, deliveries and containers. Mm-hmm. But the numbers are now inadequate and those containers are often at the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Last year, uh, at the beginning of the coronavirus, we had a big reduction in trade. So what's happened was that people just or uh, transport uh, companies just dump those uh, containers at the uh, when they arrived at a port, mm-hmm. and now those containers are all at wrong places. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we're uh, having reduc- we're having shortages in containers as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's problems at some ports. Uh, coronavirus means that people at ports work shorter hours and at reduced capacity and speed. So in many ports, like ports in U.S. California, ships are waiting for days or even weeks to be unloaded, many mm-hmm. times the usual waiting period. All these problems have come together and uh, created a whole bunch of bottlenecks throughout mm-hmm. the system. You're right. The underlying common factor may be the coronavirus, but those are a lot of moving parts that don't help alleviate the bottleneck situation whatsoever. Uh, One of the major headlines we discussed this morning is the fact that South Korea's automobile production dropped in the third quarter of 2021 by 20.9 percent on year. That's the lowest level since the 2008 global financial crisis. And this is mainly due to a shortage in semiconductors. Now, we do hear that some intermediate parts like the semiconductors for automobiles are in short supply. And it is absolutely slowing down production of cars, raising prices of new and even used cars. So how did we end up in the midst of a global semiconductor shortage? Okay, all the problems that I listed above, plus mistakes by uh, automobile producers, the uh, managers. Mm. Last year, when the uh, COVID pandemic hit, uh, the demand for autos fell drastically, and the uh, automobile companies thought that that reduction in demand would last a long time. Mm. So they cut their orders for these uh, specialized semiconductors for automobiles. Mm. But demand recovered faster than everybody thought it would, and manufacturers wanted to resume normal production, but then uh, they required that the uh, semiconductor companies provide uh, these specialized semiconductors for automobile, but during the pandemic, because people were stuck at home, there were uh, there were increased demand for computers, IT services, and servers. Uh, mm-hmm. So there was a general increase in demand for automobiles, which mm-hmm. actually helped Korea last year, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it meant that foundries didn't have the capacity or the time to uh, make make up these uh, specialized semiconductors that automobiles required because they were busy doing everything else. Uh, This uh, semiconductors for automobiles, it's a crucial part, but it's less than a dollar. So it's not really, not only not really profitable 
for the foundries to make, but it takes time to switch production from whatever they're doing now to these specialized semiconductors. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, automobile companies have a difficulty in getting these uh, special parts. Uh, And as I said, uh, part of the reason is that uh, they overestimated the uh, fall of demand last year. And now there's no place for uh, semiconductor industries to fit the uh, uh, automobile semiconductors into their schedule. Mm. Uh, You mentioned that demand for some items such as automobiles have gone up. Is the increased demand also not helping the situation? Yeah, it is uh, worsening the uh, uh, bottleneck problem. The uh, COVID-19 pandemic was a K-shaped shock and it's a K-shaped recovery right now, which means that in most countries, while lower income people were really devastated by the pandemic, the richer part of the population were not really very much affected, at least when it comes to income. Mm -hmm. Uh, So richer people uh, have a lot of money uh, that they usually spend and some even have more money, uh, but they usually spent those money on things like services, maid services, going on tours, uh, going to restaurants, and they're not doing that anymore, so they have this really large amount of money that they want to spend, uh, so they're concentrating it on manufactured goods, which is uh, cr- uh, increasing the demand for a lot of these stuff, which is in short supply, and in in addition, we have loose monetary policies, the uh, low interest rate, mm. uh, and that's creating not only a bubble in these uh, stocks and housing market, but in some goods as well. And that's also, and you have low interest rates, so people can borrow at a low interest rate to buy these products. Right. Uh, so generally, increase in demand in certain products are also increasing the uh, bottleneck problem. And driving up the price in some cases, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's also take a look at the big question, which is going forward. What are the forecasts? How is the bottleneck slowing down global growth, Professor Young? Okay, well, in the uh, latest World Economic Outlook, IMF lowered the global growth rate by 0.1 percentage point to uh, Mm 5.9%. But if you look at the breakdown in countries, it's really the advanced countries uh, whose uh, growth has uh, been reduced uh, U.S. by one percentage point, Germany by half a uh, 0.5 percentage point, uh, advanced countries general in uh, advanced countries overall by uh, minus 0.2 percentage points, mm-hmm. and the IMF cited uh, inflation fears, vaccination gap, and employment lagging behind recovery as reasons, and the uh, major reason for the uh, inflation is the uh, bottleneck mm-hmm. and vaccination gap is creating uh, pro- uh, is one of the contributors to the bottleneck as well. Korea is also starting to see relatively high inflation rates as well. Uh, September inflation rate, for example, over the last 12 months was 2.6%. Six months, that inflation is above 2%. Is the bottleneck playing a part in Korea's inflation as well? Well, it's not as bad as other countries. Mm -hmm. Most of the reason for price rises due to fresh food and energy and the so-called core inflation rate is still low. Uh, 1.9% excluding agriculture and oil, 1.5% excluding food and energy, but it is rising. And if you look at just the inflation for manufactured goods, uh, in September, it was 3.4%. Now, the reason that this is alarming is because inflation for manufacturing goods, manufactured goods since about 
2010 was in 0% range or 1% range. So it's traditionally had been very low for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And in 2019 and 2020, it was actually negative, Mm -hmm. minus 0.2%. So 3.4% is a massive rise. And most of the reason is due to rise in oil prices, which is actually uh, the problem that we see in oil is partially a bottleneck problem as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But some of the reasons is that uh, global prices of raw materials and intermediate goods are rising because of the bottleneck problem. Uh, then how about experts, Professor Young? Korea has, uh, of course, a major set of car makers, chip makers, and electronic companies. Is the bottleneck affecting Korean exports in those sectors particularly? Well, you just mentioned automobiles, and yeah. usually that's the second largest uh, yeah. part, uh, second largest uh, industry for exports. Uh, but problem here uh, may be uh, international shipping. That may be more. Uh, important for Korea. Due to lack of ships, Korean exporters, especially small companies, have a lot hard time shipping their products overseas, mm. especially to South Asia. And uh, international shippers, uh, some of them, uh, seem to be bypassing Korea uh, for China. Uh, Chinese exporters are willing to pay a premium for shipping, which uh, many Korean firms cannot afford. And in addition, China has a larger volume of goods to uh, export, so uh, these shippers find it easier to send the ship to uh, China and have them completely fill up very quickly, which means higher profit margin for shippers. Mm. So not enough ships are coming to Korean ports. And there's some indirect consequences as well. China is uh, experiencing a bottleneck in domestic coal production, which is reducing electricity uh, supply. That's not the only reason, but that is one of the reasons why uh, we see uh, problems in electricity supply for China. Mm -hmm. And with the problems in electricity supply in China, there there is uh, now beginning to be less production in China, which means less uh, exports to Korea since Korea exports a lot of intermediate parts to China. Uh, The big question, I think, of course, remains, is there an end in sight? Uh, Global finance officials gathered in Washington last week to discuss means of easing supply bottlenecks. Is there anything governments can do to alleviate the situation, Professor Young? Well, you basically have to uh, go back to normal, not only one country, but mm. uh, most countries in the world. That means we have to have higher vaccination, uh, uh, not only in advanced countries, but all the countries. And there's a big vaccination gap between advanced countries and uh, less advanced countries. Mm. So unless uh, that is worked out, uh, we're going to see bottlenecks. But it is going to be a temporary problem. We just don't know how many months or year it may take. Uh, Now, what can Korean government do for Korean firms? Not much, because it's an international problem, uh, but it may be able to make uh, ports more efficient so that uh, more ships will arrive at Korean ports, Mm. and it may assist some smaller companies, uh, their uh, transportation costs. Uh, So that may be something for Korean uh, government to work on. Mm, short term at least, right? I mean, make sure that some of those ships come to South Korean ports as opposed to just all crowding to Chinese ports. I guess incentivizing, picking up the bill, things like that is something the Korean government can do locally. Thank you yeah. very much, Professor Yang, for such a thorough run through. As always, it's been a pleasure. We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. 
See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.